The following program comes to you from the MNL Studios. Good morning. See what we got here. Lockdown challenge four. Let's see what the boys got planned for me today. What do we got? Tequila. Drinking coffee. Tequila. Hmm. That is Sammy Hagar and the Circle. Don't worry. Uh, welcome in to the Mark and Linda podcast. Skeeter, how are we doing? We're doing pretty good today. Comments with Skeeter. On this day in history, what year is it? Five of them. Oh, geez. Good luck. Did great last week. I did. I did. Itty bitty. Been trying to do it for four weeks. Itty bitty, up for grabs, today. Get ready, people. We welcome in a uh, proud sponsor, the Jacksonville Tourism uh, Company. They want you to come down to Jacksonville. Explain to you why. Why do we like coffee? with our dessert. Mm. What is the number one home-delivered food right now? So, as I said to Linda on several occasions in this world of the lockdown, People are going to do what they're going to do. And I love this story. You fix one problem, you create another. It's good to be Joe Buck. And how much would you pay for a piece of paper with writing on it?
So we had us uh, quite the rain last yeah. night. And yesterday. It rained all day and last night. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we had one day where it was it was intense. It was a storm sideways. But we are not short on rain. No. If nothing else, we've got everything anyone could need, including rain. <laughs> I even doubted Linda. And she had gone to bed. And, uh, and and then it started, like right before I came up, it started to, and it was one of those, you know, it was raining and then it really rained and then it slowed down, but it, it rained. So we should have green grass and green shrubs and greenery. We already do. Around here in North Carolina. So the draft last night, it went kind of the NFL draft. It went kind of expected. Um, uh, I, I did, you know, the NFL draft normally is a giant celebration. Uh, rock bands playing before to kick it off and then after and thousands. And this year it was going to be in Las Vegas. Yeah. So you can imagine what kind of a zoo that would be. Uh, that wasn't the case. It was a virtual draft. Uh, they did it. There was just no crowd. Um, even uh, the commissioner did it from his home. Uh, but did it really? I thought about as well as one could do it. Yeah, it's too long. Well, too, too much commentary in between when the pick was already in and they're still talking. It's I like, agree. Okay, the pick is in. Let's get to it. I agree. It didn't go overly long, but yeah, I mean, we can clearly see on the screen. It says on the screen, the pick is in, and they would keep talking about the pick that was made ten minutes ago. <laughs> But uh, but when, okay, Carolina took the guy they were supposed to take, uh, a defensive tackle, Derek Brown, he's a stud. But that's the thing. I was looking at a review this morning about the draft and how it went. And if you're a football player and you go anywhere in the first round, you're great. You're a great player. So I was looking at a review and the guy kept going. He would list each team, A, next team, A, because Every, every single guy in the first round, they're going to make boatloads of money because they're talented. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Linda and I had fun watching some of these players on TV because there was cameras in their living room and they're surrounded by family and their name would be announced, you know, fifth pick or whatever it is. And you could see the whole family thinking to themselves, give me some of that money. When are you going to write me that check? <laughs> When's that going to happen? And each one of them were wiping the sweat off the guy and making sure his hat was on straight. Each one, well, you know, make sure the size of that check is something. Anyway. But you were also on um, hit, Hits and Misses? Yeah, Cody. Yes, Cody and his wife show. Cody Decker, they uh, did a fun thing. They set up their chairs and equipment out by, I guess it's his parents' pool there in California. And they uh, watched and commented on the draft. And so Cody wanted me to join him from, uh, from here uh, about the, right about the time Carolina was going to pick, which was seventh. And I didn't, my concern, I thought, well, we're just going to do it on the phone. And so I get, a, I get a text from Cody, and he wants to do it through the studio on this link. And I'm thinking, I don't have a kid here to help me do this. Of course. He kind of knew that. And so he texted me, let's run it through right now. Let's just get on the, so he sent me a link. I clicked it. There it was. Yeah. Easy. Your lighting sucked. 
Yeah, what did you tell me after it was over? I mean, you, it was like the, your forehead started in the back of your head because the lighting was so bad. Well, I got quite the forehead. I'll be up front with you about no, it. No, this was just the weird lighting. I, you were right. I should have made you wear your hat. I tried. I, 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 you know, Linda was worried about the hair because you know it's high, high, it, very well, high. It's a lot of hair, and yeah. it's everywhere. And there's, I can't do anything about it. So I thought, well, this is the NFL draft, and I'm doing it for the. I'll wear my Panthers hat. I have one hat, Panthers hat. Got it. And I went and put it on. Nope. She said, just go with it like it is. Yeah. Well, so I did. Yeah. And speaking of the NFL, there's a new thing happening, and I don't quite know why. Um, the first one was legitimate. Uh, they announced the Rams had changed their logo and their uniforms. And they and so there was a film. They made a video where they presented the new logo and the new uniforms. And it was legitimate. They really did change the logo. And they're going back to the colors that we all used to know the Rams as when they were in Southern California years and years and years ago. They've gone back to that, uh, and they changed the logo. But now there are other teams that have said, "New uniforms. Look at the look at the thing." Well, it's not. It's the same uniform. They took a C and stuck it somewhere on the <laughs> pants, and to them, that's a new. You stop doing that, because people like me, I watch them, all of it, waiting to see your brand new look. And it's not like the Browns, like the Chargers. Come on. If you're going to really make an announcement and make a film to announce it, have something that's interesting and different. See, there's the key. Different than we've seen. Look at the Rams. They did it. Does it look good? Did everybody hate it? Well, first of all, with the Chargers, there's nothing to hate. They're the same all they wait a minute, did. Wait a minute. I thought you said the Rams changed it. Well, they did. Yeah. The, the, the new logo for the Rams is, is nice. And they basically have gone back to the really bright gold and deep blue mm -hmm. of what the Rams used to be. Mm -hmm. And they've gone back to that mm -hmm. because their deep gold turned into a yellow, dingy, not even yellow. In fact, that would be the color to describe what they went back to. Yellow, really deep canary yellow. They had gone to a dingy gold. Oh. And so they got rid of that. So they made the change. And I like that. That was worthwhile. That was good. Oh, but you're saying the Chargers changed and you just didn't matter. Basically, the only thing I could tell is that they added for Thursday night color burst or whatever they call it on Thursday night, they added a deep blue jersey with deep blue pants and the deep blue Chargers bolt on the side of the helmet. Mm. That's really all I could tell. I guess if you're a big Chargers fan, you know, you're kind of celebrating that, but I didn't, I didn't get it, quite frankly, and I'm just calling you out. If you're gonna make a video, good God. <laughs> um. So one other thing. So we're sleeping. Actually, I had gotten in bed. Linda goes to bed about 10.30. I climb up there around 11. And she's usually out by that time. Linda's a sleeper. So I get in bed and I'm trying to get to sleep. I'm not a great sleeper. I am once I get to sleep, but it, it takes me a bit. It's all that coffee he drinks during the day. Mm -hmm. So we're laying there. Linda's asleep. And... 
I'm laying there trying to go to sleep, and all of a sudden, she sits up, and, and basically this is what I heard. Oh, oh! Okay, so it was pretty violent and loud, and it scared me, because I'm thinking, well, first of all, I'm not asleep at all. And then I heard, oh! So I'm thinking, poor girl, what? What could she be dreaming that would, because she, that was fear. And she even said, I'm so sorry I woke you up. I said, that's ah, fine, forget it. So we go to sleep. The next day we're hanging out and I said, so if you remember, what were you dreaming that frightened you so much? And she said, do you really want to know? And I said, yeah. She said, you know how I love corn. I've been craving corn on the cob. She was dreaming that there was corn sitting on the kitchen island and the corn was falling off of it. And so I was trying to get to it to catch it. <laughs> she dreamed about corn falling and it brought that. It terrified me and made it really difficult to go to sleep because corn was falling onto the floor. Well, I do have to say that ever since this whole thing started, I just, I'm talking in my sleep. I'm having corn nightmares. Mm. I mean, I am just not sleeping well at all. It's true. It's true. Um, Mark comes to bed farting, stinking up the place. I think we covered that last week. Mm -hmm. and which, which, And which, you did it again this week. It, Excuse me. I don't remember that. Oh, I do. Here's what I do remember. I, one night, got out of bed, went to the bathroom, and did my business in there. I appreciate that. You don't deserve my farts, lady. <laughs> no, I don't. I left. I do not deserve them, that's for sure. I gave it to the bathroom. <laughs> but yeah, now it's a thing. I even... Was this last night? I believe it was. I brushed my teeth, and before I removed my clothing for getting in the bed, I laid on the bathroom floor and tried to get it to come that way. And? Nothing. Mm. Did you take an Alka-Seltzer? No. Nope. See, that's the culprit right there. You're taking an Alka-Seltzer, and that's making you gassy. Here's part of the problem. I haven't experienced this quite honestly, and I'm not kidding when I say this. I've not experienced this. I don't even remember how long it's been. So we went to the store and Linda got fresh, actual, a block of broccoli, fresh. It's always fresh. Sometimes we get it in the bag, don't we? No. The well, we had fresh broccoli, fresh, and I ate it. I farted for three straight hours. I'm talking about massive amounts of gas. And on that night, I was okay, because I'd farted for three hours. How much <laughs> gas can one have? And I was okay once I got to bed, but that was intense. Man, this is riveting. We went from uh, football to farts. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I'm just, you know, I'm just saying. It was a gassy week for me. It was, and I can't really figure out why, unless it was the broccoli. And I blame that. Um, so what's happening in your world? Tell us about your day today. What is on the tab of your day today? My biggest concern every freaking day mm -hmm. is what are we going to have for lunch? 
Yes. I I swear to God, I I don't think I can eat another sandwich. I just I've had it with sandwiches. You know what? That's too bad because you make a kick at first of all, you know exactly how I like it. Sandwich. <laughs> uh thought I need to clear that up. And I love it. Sandwiches because I get some uh, Gardetto chips that I love. I'll throw in a pretzel or two, the sandwich, whatever else you got going in there. I love it. She hates it. She also hates pasta, which who can hate pasta? Yet she does. She didn't used to, but for some reason she has grown a disliking for yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not liking it right now. And so we were saying, you know, she was said, uh, we're having pasta tonight. I could tell she was excited. So we just, I said, you know what? Screw, let's have something you do like. And so we had eggs. We had scrambled eggs and potatoes. It was delicious. She was concerned, you know, that we're going to use eggs for dinner because she's watching it. Well, yeah, because we eat eggs for breakfast every morning. And so I said, um, are we low, Linda? How many eggs do we have? And she goes, well, I do have two 18-egg containers, but I'm worried. I said, well, you, you, they, we pl- we're good. <laughs> we'll have eggs for dinner, so we're good. Now, I blame Cody Decker for this, and I blame a listener who sent me a video. I've been up since 4.30 this morning, and I blame them. In fact, it is their fault, and I'll explain that a little later that is involved in something in the program. Uh, are uh, I blame the coffee too. No, the coffee might keep me from going to sleep. It doesn't wake me up. Okay. Because if that were the case, I slept eight hours yesterday. Yeah. And for some reason, for some reason we're talking about our sleeping, but I wake up on top of Linda here lately. That's and I don't, I don't know why. Yeah, she always says that. But you can't be comfortable. I'm fine. I, I'm on you. No, I'm fine. You forget, I slept for years with red on top of me. <laughs> I'm used to sleeping with dogs. The thing with red is, I, and I never understood this, red would get over on her side and he would nudge up to her to where, and I kid you not, she had one inch till the edge of the bed. And I would tell her, move him. No, no, I'm fine. I'm good. This is all I need. He was comfortable. And she would sleep in one inch of bed. Yeah. And Red's just sprawled out. Because Red, we measured, his legs were nine feet long. (laughs) And they just would cover the whole freaking bed. So that is what it is. All right. You ready for comments? I'm ready. Let's get to it. Look, Bullwinkle, a message in a bottle. Fan mail from some flounder? No, this is what I really call a message. All right, let's get to the world of comments. That would involve Skeeter. Showman says, Tom Jones could sing a Denny's menu and make us feel like he's experiencing every word. It's true. George Jones did sound like he kind of knew what was going on and kind of could relate to it. Like, this happened to a friend of mine kind of stuff. Not very moving at all. Well, I, you know, I, I don't want to diss on George Jones. And I was worried about that because, I mean, the song is so synonymous with him. Very few people covered it. I just didn't like it. I loved Tom Jones' version, so I went with that. Uh, but no diss on George George Jones. I explained it. I don't like country. I don't like wangy, twangy country. But I'm in the wrong. I've missed all these great songs 
I just didn't like the performances. Uh, Showman also goes on to ask, Linda, what number are you on now with The Greatest Showman? Well, we watched it one time when it was on TV, but I haven't been watching it because for two reasons. Number one, it Red and I used to watch it, and it makes me miss Red so much that I just can't take the heartache. And number two... I've been watching me some Gilmore Girls still. <laughs> yeah. Boy, I, I got to say, the urge to go in there in the theater and flip on some Gilmore Girls is strong for me. I fight that <laughs> urge every night that I go in there. Um, I will say this. I told this to a guy uh, with uh, The Greatest Showman. I wasn't going to watch it. I'm not a fan of musicals. And uh, I shunned it. And we were on a flight from uh, here to L.A., Oh, remember when we could go see our children? All right. And I was torn as to what to watch because I'm, I'm basically picking from the movies that the airplane provided. And, uh, and I'm looking and I'm looking and finally I see Linda's finger come into the screen and she points at The Greatest Showman. So I watched it. Really, really liked it. I'm talking to a guy at the cigar shop. He's got young kids. And when I say young, I'm saying eight and ten. And he was talking about we're out of movies. And I said, you should try The Greatest Showman. I explained to him what it was. And I said, your kids will love the songs. Well, he did it. And now they have to watch it every single day. If you've got the young kids or most of you old like me, uh, if you've got grandkids, throw that thing on. Not like you. You ain't got no grandbabies. Not yet. A Lenny. <laughs> Tall Kathleen says, Mark, you're absolutely spot on. George Jones puts the standard country twist on it, and it sounded to me like he phoned it in. Mm. Sir Tom gave it life and soul, and I, like you, loved his version. Mm. Completely agree he is the grandmaster of the ballad. He just, look, uh, you know, I, I, I have to say, and I don't mean to bring up the E word, Elvis, uh, but that song didn't come out until 1980. Elvis died in 77. If he had been around when that song was released, Elvis would have sang it every show. Uh, because Elvis, like Tom, had a deep understanding of ballads. And they m meant something to him. And he could put that across, just like Tom Jones. Just like many others. And dare I say the words, Barry Manilow. That guy knows what a ballad is and he delivers it. Go ahead, make your fun. I'm telling you, Barry Manilow, back in the day, I can't say for now. Ain't nobody making fun of Barry Manilow. I haven't seen Barry in a long, long, long time. But it was when I first went to see him in 75 or 76 in his heyday. It was, at that time, the best show I had ever seen. I said the words. Okay. D.D. Stagg says, really don't know your country music. <laughs> they started putting strings in the early 60s. One more thing, George Jones's version is the best. Ugh. And then Kevin says, well... Hey, Dee, Dee you're entitled to your goddamn opinion. <laughs> and then Kevin says, well, I learned at least one thing today. Tom Jones can't sing a fucking country song. Oh, my God. I mean, I don't feel like Tom was trying to sing it country. He was just singing a song. What's that guy's name? Kevin. Kevin, what is wrong with you? You wrote those words down on paper where people could read them. You make yourself sound like an idiot. Well, I guess you are. Because, I mean, what Linda just said is true. He's not trying to sing a country song. It's not a country song. It's a song. It's a great song. Open your brain up and absorb what is great. Tom Jones and that song 
is great. You and I, my friend, will agree to disagree. Okay. Dan Neely says, Hey, Linda, I am from Vancouver, Washington. As another listener who said we had a station that played Perry Mason every weekday at noon, oh. I noticed that the murderer was either the first character or the last one we met, mm. not including the victim or the accused. I might be wrong, but check it out. Okay, so I got this over the weekend. So, so far, this has not been true. Yeah. Um, and so far this week, I still haven't won an episode. Mark has won two. Um, I, 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 I got a, I have an observation and then I have a complaint concerning Perry Mason. Those of you that don't know, every afternoon at five, we get Perry Mason here on our channel. And so we sit and we watch it. I'm assuming just like people did in the fifties and sixties, you watch it and you try to figure out who did it. Probably not like we do. Who killed <laughs> the guy or the woman? Who did it? Linda picks, I pick, sometimes I win, sometimes she wins. Now, the writers with Perry Mason were on their toes. They would throw you a ringer. They would sometimes make it the obvious choice. Which always pisses me off. But then, sometimes they'll take a person who you barely saw, and it's them. They're really good about changing up. Here's my complaint. These are old reruns that are being aired today. Uh, this is back in the day in the 50s, early 60s, when they didn't have as many commercials as we do now. And so what they'll do is they will chop out a scene from Perry Mason and air it. It just so happens the scene they chopped out gave us the information about the person who eventually murdered the bird <laughs> that we needed. We're, we're playing the game. We're trying to pick and you cut out the scene. We hadn't even seen that guy. So that's not fair. You can't do that, especially on a Perry Mason. Right. So if you're going to air it, air the whole thing, please. And Raymond Burr. Oh, I looked this up. This was on Wikipedia. Those of you that are fans. Uh, the guy who plays Attorney Berger, mm -hmm. who's the attorney who always battles Perry Mason. Mm -hmm. He, and I'm sorry, sir, I forget his name, but he, in the middle of doing Perry Mason, was arrested. He was arrested for smoking pot, allegedly, at a party. Oh, and they were all naked. <laughs> I like him. I mean, I loved him right away. So he got arrested and CBS fired him. <laughs> because for a period, there were other people that were playing the attorney that would battle Perry Mason. Get this. So again, arrested, naked, stoned, fired. Raymond Burr, who plays Perry Mason, stepped up to CBS and simply said, hire him back. He's my friend. This is no big deal. Hire him back or we don't film. They did. I love hearing that. Yeah, I'm trying and, to find his name. I can't find it. And for the record, because I looked him up, by the way, that's my latest addiction. Looking people up on Wikipedia, actors. Uh, Raymond Burr, when he passed away, left a big chunk of his money to the people that worked for him 
through the years, and I'm talking landscapers, house cleaners, although all those people got a chunk of money from Raymond Burr. I think I would have loved the guy yeah. if I'd ever had a chance to meet him. Yeah. So. Couldn't find his name, sorry. Cindy in Orange County says, Mark and Linda, hey. Mark, I can't wait until you are reading on this day in history and you say, it was on this day back in 2020 when they found the vaccine for coronavirus and restrictions were lifted. Mm. We will all groan when we look back and remember this time, but hey, we're going to get through it with Perry Mason, wine, whatever it takes. (laughs) Perry Mason and wine. And then David says, I'm a little behind on your podcast. I would love to hear a cool stories on Tom Jones. God, there's so much, man. There's just no way to cover it. Honestly, there would be no way to fit that in to one show. It can't be done. Okay. And then you brought up the Bruce and Demi Moore thing last week. Yes. Okay. So this has turned into be uh, a little bit, you know, concerning. I'm, I'm, now I'm thinking I'm with you, Mark. Renee with a Y says, Bruce and Demi are together according to a C- CNN report. My stepmom was going to come up here too with my little sisters, but my younger sister at a park had never gotten the talk about not fucking with hypodermic needles that she found, so she actually tried to poke it through her shoe, but it poked her foot. Jesus. Said Scout. Jesus. That's that's one of their daughters. The accident called for a trip to the doctor, and Scout said Hemming Willis chose to stay in Los Angeles while waiting to get test results from the doctor, and Bruce traveled to their family home in Sun Valley early. Scout added, travel got crazy, so my stepmom stayed in L.A. with my little sisters. No. Okay. Steve P. says, Bruce is in Idaho at his house, which is next to Demi's house when the quarantine started. That is why he is not with his current wife. No. Listen. Hang on. I got one more. Tracy says, Entertainment Tonight says Bruce was there because he is selling his home, which is directly across the street from Demi's house. He got stuck in that state because the quarantine happened as he was doing business trying to sell the house. So there's a lot of reasons that are be given out for that. Hey, listen, I had let this go. I said my piece. Bruce Willis is locked down with his ex-wife Demi and his children with her. While his current wife and two children, I think they're eight and five, is locked down somewhere else. I have a problem with it because they haven't been honest, in my opinion. And I let it go. And what is it our business anyway is my thing. I'm not making it my business, but I have the right to have a problem with it. I let it go. But this story will not stop. And it's the reason I have a problem. Because every single guy listening to my voice right now knows if you were to get locked down with your ex-wife, not your current wife, you would not be alive to tell it. (laughs) So everybody's saying that everybody's getting along. I just personally am yelling bullshit. Sure, the wife is like, God damn it. Yeah, no, I am not buying it for a second. I love Bruce. To me, I don't know, but whatever. I just think this story is not being presented in a truthful way. I, for one individual, 
I don't count. I'm just saying bullshit. If that were me locked down with an ex-wife and my kids while my current wife and my current kids are locked down over there, I would never sleep because I know that Linda's got a gun and she is outside that window and she's going to take my ass out if Corona doesn't. And that's just it. So I'm just yelling bullshit. Everybody's getting along. I got something you can get along with. It's in my pants. So I, I let it go. I don't have a problem. I don't care. Wait, but you're screaming at us. I'm not screaming. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just saying the reason that this story stuck with me, I've been clear. And I dropped it. A lot of you haven't. Well, they were just giving us the excuses. Watch this. Wash my hands of it. Okay. Don't care. All right. And that's comments. Go do whatever you want to do. I'll quit talking about it in about 30 minutes. But for right now... History. 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 That happened and we all let it happen. Well, we talked last week. The Beatles broke up and they kept asking Paul, uh, is it true? Have you broken up? And Paul didn't really verbally respond. He responded by releasing his solo album, McCartney. It was this week, uh, 50 years ago today, that it was released. And it's a given that Maybe I'm Amazed is the enduring classic off McCartney's post-Beatles debut. McCartney, here he talks about writing that song. Maybe I'm Amazed was a song that I wrote when Linda and I had first got together in our early days. And I was sitting at the piano and... If I'm lucky, you know, I play a couple of chords and a song starts to suggest itself. And in this case, I started thinking, baby, I'm amazed. But then it sort of turned into maybe I'm amazed. Like, maybe amazed isn't the only word for it. You know, maybe I'm amazed, I'm thrilled or whatever. Hmm. Baby, I'm amazed the way you love me all the time. Now, if you're listening to this and you're going, it sounds weird, it's because the hit was Paul doing it live. And the live version is what became the top 40 hit. This is the studio version. All right, where were you? It was on this day back in 1990. While constructing the set for the Wall concert in Germany, Roger Waters' crew discovered an unexploded World War II bomb. Wow. It was on this day back in 1989, Tom Petty releases his first solo album, Full Moon Fever, 
which he co-produces with Jeff Lynn and the Heartbreakers guitarist Mike Campbell. Happy birthday, Shirley McLean is 86 today. Larry, can I get one thing straight with you? I do not see plays because I can nap at home for free. <laughs> and I don't see movies because they're trash and they got nothing but naked people in them. And I don't read books because if they're any good, they're going to make them into a miniseries. You know, you would be a much more contented, pleasant person if you would find ways to occupy your time. I am pleasant. Um, so 25 years of Mark and Brian, we had so many wonderful guests and there are some that I wish could have been on the program because I know they would have had a good time. Shirley McLean is one of those. We never had her on. I don't know why. However, I did have a run in. I was at Shutter's Hotel sitting in the lobby waiting for somebody for some reason. And Shirley McLean, uh, Shutter's is on the beat. You know it. Uh, oh, that's where you would always meet John for John Waite for lunch. Or oh, whatever. God. Just drunken debacles. It's two in the afternoon and I don't know my name. Um, so I'm sitting in the lobby and I'm waiting and Shirley McLean comes in and she's meeting with people and she quite literally was sitting on a couch right behind me. Her shoulder was touching mine and she spent the entire time that I sat there obviously eavesdropping <laughs> and she was talking about um, another life. Life, you know, she's a big believer in having lived a life and then you're resurrected mm -hmm. in this life. Reincarnation. She talked about that for 20 minutes. And then finally, John showed up. Mm. So that's my, but she, surely she would have had, uh, she, because best I can tell, she was a hoot. Yeah. Shirley. Yeah. So she would have had a fantastic time. Uh, it was on this uh, week, uh, back eight and a half years after its release, George Thorogood and the Destroyers Live was certified platinum. George wrote the song Bad to the Bone while on his 1981 tour, which took him to each of the 50 states in 50 days. Ooh, damn. He talks about what inspired Bad to the Bone. When I grew up in Delaware, the saying was bad. Everything was bad. Bad meaning hip. Bad meaning groovy. And if you're from the East Coast, you understand that. Now it's commonplace. Everybody says it. I wanted to write a song around that because a guy told me about a song that a blues man did named Lowell Fulsom, a song called Stoned to the Bone. And I wanted to get lyrics like Jumpin' Jack Flash or like Who Do You Love? Bad, tongue-in-cheek, masculine lyrics. And I was on this 50-50 tour and I put it together then and that's it. Great song. Oh, yeah. 
Happy birthday this week, Wednesday, as a matter of fact. The great Jack Nicholson turned 83. Here's Johnny. You make me want to be a better man. Old D.H. Lawrence. Yeah, now all you have to do is hold the chicken, bring me the toast, give me a check for the chicken salad sandwich, and you haven't broken any rules. You want me to hold the chicken, huh? I want you to hold it between your knees. I said over easy! The chief just voted it was ten to nine. Now I want that television set turned on right now! You can't handle the truth! Get those wonderful toys. Um, it was on this day in 1982. I didn't know this. Uh, and I'll start by asking two questions. John Cougar Mellencamp. John Mellencamp. John Cougar. That's what it was in the beginning. He couldn't get arrested. He had no hits. He had albums. He had songs. Nobody was listening. Nobody cared. He then had written a song that was covered by another artist that became a hit for that artist. Do you know what the song was in the artist? I do not. Pat Benatar, I Need a Lover. Oh, who won't drive me crazy, Pat Benatar, made that a hit. All of a sudden, he's a thing. People start listening to his new album. He had two hits on that album. One of them was Jack and Diane, the classic. But do you know what the very first John Cougar hit was? I thought it was Jack and Diane. It wasn't. Uh Mr. Uh, Cougar, you need to say thank you to Pat Benatar because it's because of her that this hit the top 10 for you. Hurt So Good. Ooh, it's a good song. Great song. But until Pat, nobody was listening to it. I bring this up because I, I I absolutely love it. It was on this day back in 1982, uh, I'm sorry, 76, that an event happened that did happen. And the event was the subject of a TV movie. Whatever gets you through the night. So I'll just uh, tell the story. This is the part that actually happened. Paul McCartney, 1976. So the Beatles have been broken up five years. Paul McCartney was in New York. Wait a minute. When did the Beatles break up? I thought it was 69. 71. Uh. So Paul McCartney is in New York with Wings. Their tour, and it's huge. 76, McCartney and Wings was gigantic, mm -hmm. filling arenas. So Paul showed up at the Dakota where John Lennon lived to say hi, unannounced. He just knocked on the door. John was there and answered the door. Yoko wasn't home, so John was free to be John. And apparently he and Paul spent the entire day together, smoking pot, hanging out, having a good time. That night, it was a Saturday. That night, John Lennon 
All of this is true. This happened. John Lennon and Paul McCartney were watching Saturday Night Live. It was on that episode of SNL that Lauren Michaels, the head of Saturday Night Live, came on television and offered, this is the funny part, offered $3,000 for a Beatles reunion on Saturday Night Live. John Lennon and Paul McCartney are watching it. <laughs> Lennon later told a reporter, he and Paul considered doing it. Walking down, where's my money? And then they would do it. According to the movie, which I really liked, Yoko called as they were literally about to walk out the door because the studio was three blocks away. Mm -hmm. And John curled up into a ball and talked to Yoko. <laughs> and Paul left. But if, if you want to see it, there is a TV movie of it, and it's pretty good. It was on this day back in 1974. Grand Funk Railroad gets a gold record for this. Um, it was this week. Peter Frampton, happy birthday. Peter Frampton was born on the 22nd. What is that? Monday? Somewhere Today, around there? Uh, Wednesday. Or it doesn't matter. Well, happy birthday. Peter would be 65 or 70. 50. Today's the 24th. Oh, he's right at 70. Uh, well, the 1976 live album, Frampton Comes Alive, is where it all came together for Frampton. He tells us that the album's first two hits were born on the very same day during a tropical writing session for his previous album, 1975's Frampton. I was down there for about three weeks, nothing. And I was in fact staying at Steve Merritt's cottage. Humble Pie owned six little cottages on the beach when I rented Steve's. And when I got going, I wrote like eight or nine songs, one after the other. And I went through some cassettes. I found that I wrote, Show Me The Way, Baby I Love Your Way, and Nowhere's Too Far in the same day. Not lyrically as well, but I would write the music during the day, and then when the sun went down, I would write the lyrics. Thank you! went to see Peter, yes. his live show. We went, and he told that story um, on stage. He was at a friend's cabin in tropical whatever, and he was exhausted from whatever he had done, and he had written some stuff the night before, and he fell out on the bed and slept. He woke up, he woke up and he had written, Baby, I Love Your Way, and Show Me the Way within the same hour of each mm. other. If I were him, I'd go, okay, what did I do to wear myself out? What did I eat? Why genius in that one hour? Right. Wanna be with you night and day. 
it is time for what year is it? Last week, Skeeter had a good one. She went four for five. Just couldn't get that fifth one. No, couldn't. We have five today. I wish you the very best of luck, especially on this first one. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. Song from the year. Okay. I don't even know who that is. Boston. Uh, Movie. Well, what do you think of Clint Eastwood confiding his deepest, darkest secrets to an orangutan? Comes to sharing my feelings with a woman. My stomach just turns to royal gelatin. Every which way but you. And headlines. And the celebration, Tampa in Washington. The world championship trophy to the Washington Bullets, the champions of the world. I have no fucking idea. Hmm. Watch her nail it. I, I mean, I don't even know the decade. Boston. See, they were popular the late 70s and early 80s, I think. 1979. It is 1970. Eight. Damn it! Song said year. What the hell are you trying to do to me? Who is that? Rolling Stones. <laughs> Movie. Bet Midler. What's sex life? Richard Dreyfus. I, I ate garbage last night, Barbara. Down and out in Beverly Hills. Headlines. Liftoff of the 25th Space Shuttle mission, and it has cleared the tower. We have a report from the flight dynamics officer that the vehicle has exploded. No. 19... When has not knowing ever stopped you? I don't even... Okay. 1975. Ooh. It is 1986. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were a decade off on that one, pretty much. All right, so you're 0 for 2. Yeah. As you would say, 7 for 8. Yep. Uh, you're 0 for 2. We have three more to go. You still have a shot at this. Here we go. Song. Regroup here. Okay. Song from said year. Yes. Can you tell me who that is? That's Cheap Trick. Okay. Movie. Call security. Have them change his locks and toss him out of the building. Oh, he's fired? It's Christmas. See Bill Murray get Scrooged. And headlines. Doug Williams and the Skins will run off one more play and then the celebration will begin. Washington Redskins led by that guy Doug Williams. Talk about your moment in the sun. Super Bowl MVP. Nineteen eighty-two. It is nineteen eighty. 
Hey. even gotten one right yeah you're over three shit nothing pressure's on um you may have a better look with this one not so sure about the next one but here we go song from said year movie the name is bond james bond and I'm Dick Tracy, and you're still under arrest. Has James Bond finally met his match? Someone will take care of you. Oh, you'll uh, see to that personally, will you? A view to a kill. And headlines. President Reagan may unveil a new tax reform plan next week. Sources say it keeps the home mortgage deduction, drops deductions for state and local income taxes, and pegs the top tax rate at 35%. Okay, wait, that was the Thompson twins, right? That's Tears for Fears. Tears for Fears. Jesus. I knew it was a T. Uh, okay, so I feel like that song was popular when we were in Birmingham. Do you? And we were in Birmingham in 85. So I'm going to say 1985. It is 1985. Yeah. Right, so not bad. One for four. <laughs> One for four. Not as good as last week. That's not as bad as O oh for four. Mm, that's true. I got one. All right. So I got one, so I'm fine now. You're shot at two for five. Okay. Song. Please. Uh, uh, Metallica. Okay. Uh, movie. This could help you. He's come back to seek his revenge. I hate Peter Pan. Only you can save your children. Let's fly! Where are we going? To Never Never Land. And headlines. Red Army armored personnel carriers on the streets of Moscow this morning, heading to the Kremlin. They first moved in at 4 a.m., the first sign of the coup d'etat that removed Mikhail Gorbachev from power. Okay. I feel like Metallica was popular in the early 90s or when they started. So I'll just go with 1991. It is 1991. Yeah! I got two. Two for five. Started out bad. Respectable. Yep. Now, honestly, that made her day because she would have been in a funk the rest of the day had she not gotten any. While I was eating my motherfucking sandwich for lunch. All right. Now, Linda's going to say we've read this. Uh, and for some reason, she doesn't like it. Is this a, the itty bitty? No. Oh. I, I'll just read this. Sent to me by Steve Garcia. The reason Mayberry... Okay, you can stop. You can just stop. I feel like a person who has been in an 
unhappy marriage or is in an unhappy marriage or a person who can't get married is the only kind of person that thinks this is funny. It Okay, first of all, I think you're putting feelings and situations on this that you shouldn't. This is a true statement. I know, but it's like you can only be in a marriage if you're drunk. <laughs> all right, so now I got to read it. We all know it. The reason Mayberry was so peaceful and quiet was because nobody was married. Andy, Aunt B, Barney, Floyd, Howard, Goober, Gomer, Sam, Ernest T. Bass, Helen, Thelma Lou, Clara, and of course, Opie were all single. The only married person was Otis, and he was the town drunk. Ha. Huh. It's just a fact. It's an interesting fact that I never had really realized until the first time I read it. Do you know what I'm saying? I guess. I should drop it here. I'm assuming you seem... If you want to keep going, <laughs> fine. I really... You know what? Let me go get me some wine and you can keep going. <laughs> no, I'm done. I'm all done with that. So I think right now we probably should go for a little itty bitty. And good day. My name is Jonathan Huge Cock Deep in her fucking ass. Wow. Thank you. And today I bring you class with itty bitty theater. Today we bring you our trip to the grocery store. husband and wife were grocery shopping. The husband picks up a case of beer and he puts it in the cart. What are you doing? Asks the wife. Well, honey, these are on sale. They're only $10 for 24 cans. He replies. Put them back. We can't afford them. Demands the wife. They continue shopping. Later on, she puts a $20 jar of face cream in the basket. What are you doing? Asked the husband. It's my face cream. It makes me look beautiful, replies the wife. He then says, well, so does 24 cans of beer and it's half the price. <laughs> ah, I see. Liquor makes her more attractive. Mm -hmm. Until next time, this is Jonathan shoving it deep in her fucking ass for any minute. Do you know that I used to be able to play this on the piano? Did you really? Yes. I used to be able to play the piano. What happened? I stopped. And now I can't even find the middle C. Well, she, with us locked in, she pulled out papers and she put them on the piano and she tinkled around and she played one for me, something one day. I forget, was it? Mary Had a Little Lamb. Mary Had a Little Lamb. <laughs> 
then uh, and then she never. I noticed she never went back. So I find it hard to believe that you couldn't at least recall some of the tinkerings that you were. Uh, no, nope. uh, no, it's amazing. It's all gone. I don't even know how to hold my hands on the piano anymore. Very odd. So I need to look it up and start all over again. But um, I wanted to thank Corey for sending that itty bitty to us. Corey. Mm-hmm. Corey. Uh, <clears throat> Whoa. So I blame, first of all, I was reminded, Cody Decker, I was reminded, the music, itty bitty. Uh, he uh, asked me what music was it. I simply said it's Beethoven something. I don't know what it was. He said he'd look it up. Uh, and which reminds me that I'm pissed at him today because it's his partially his fault that I got up this morning at 4.30 or 5. As I was screaming, get back in bed. Well, yeah. Well, see, she thinks did she... You, did you hear me scream fuck as you were walking down the stairs? Because I knew I'm up now. There's no going back to sleep. Linda, the town next to us heard fuck <laughs> as I was... So I don't see what me leaving the bed has to do with you. Because now we're both up. We're both up. We're trying to make Why can't you go back to sleep? Because I just can't because I'm awake now. And we're trying to make these days shorter, not longer. So when we get up that early, that's for a very long day. Blame Cody. Because it is his fault. Um, Or partially. So yesterday, a listener, a friend, sends me a link uh of uh, it's a video that a woman uh made i guess on her phone she lives in jacksonville this woman and she vents um about uh jacksonville not having the coronavirus she talked about why the beaches should be opened yeah yeah she was pissed about that and she explained why it is that the jacksonville beaches don't have the virus. And I'm giving you the background on this. Normally I wouldn't, but I am because this explains why I got up at 4:30. So, this woman in this video just goes on and on and on and it's I I believe after watching it and I showed it to Linda. I believe that she believes what she's saying. Well, it is in Florida. Agreed, but I mean I really I don't think she was kidding around. If she was joking, if that was a, a, a joke, then she's a brilliant actress and needs to win an Academy Award. But I I believe that I, she... I think she was joking. I, okay, we disagree. Okay. Because I took it to be what she was saying. Uh, but she was giving reasons why Jacksonville doesn't have uh, the coronavirus. And so I watched it. I was entertained. I showed it to Linda, and I forgot about it. So then last night, as I said at the top, I was on the show with Cody as they were doing the NFL draft, and Cody played a parody. He said, you know, we want to welcome in a sponsor, and he played a parody that he and, and his buddy wrote and produced and did it, and then he credited me for uh, doing parodies uh, and he heard them and he loved them. He thought they were funny and now he's doing them. And I really, you know, when you're doing a radio program and you're completely by yourself, you have no one to help you. You have to create this stuff. I didn't have any sponsors, so I would make them up and I would write them usually at night, late after a joint and they were hysterical 
at that time. Next morning when you get up to record it, not quite as funny. <laughs> for the record. But I hadn't done one in a very, very long time. So, I go to bed, I sleep, I wake up at 4, 4.30, which is nothing abnormal. I went and went to the bathroom. I come back and usually go to sleep. But on this particular morning, this morning, the two things come together. Cody telling me that I inspired his thing about parody, about fake sponsors, and then the video of this woman that was ranting on her phone and posted it. It begged to be parodied. It just did. And so I, I, there was, after that idea had entered my brain, there was no going back. I had to get up and spend the next several hours putting together a fake sponsorship parody. And that's what I did I'm a little goofy because I'm not used to getting up at 4.30. It used to be 4.30 was when I left right. the house. Uh, but um, so forget everything I just said because I, I want now to welcome in a brand new sponsor to the program. We haven't had, Linda's trying not to smile or giggle. Well, I'm just a little afraid too of what this is gonna be. Well, Linda, this is the setup. Okay. This is what, I mean, Every parody needs a setup. Okay. And normally, you wouldn't tell the story that I just told. You would just do it. Right. But I did tell the backstory. But that, don't for a minute think that this is not a real uh, sponsor. Okay. Because it is. Okay. With the Jacksonville Tourism Board. Okay. You should be happy. We have a sponsor now. <laughs> what? Nothing. All right, here we go. We'd like to welcome in our brand new sponsor, the, and it's your fault, Cody. Here is our new sponsor for the Jacksonville Tourism Board. Has isolation got you down? You want to get away? Oh, why not Jacksonville, Florida? First of all, we are not talking about Miami. No, ma'am. We're talking about Jacksonville, Florida. Miami is where y'all got the virus because down there in Miami, you got all them Mexicans and they're drinking all that Corona beer. The folks down in Jacksonville, Florida are very particular about their beverage. We do not drink Corona beer here in the city of Jacksonville. We drink natural light. Why do we drink natural light? Because it's natural. There is nothing like an ice cold natural light when in Jacksonville and scientific study backs that up. And we don't drink it in them fancy bottles, we drink it in aluminum cans. And aluminum cans cannot have the coronavirus because they are not glass, they are aluminum. Jacksonville, Florida, where the beaches go for miles, the sparkling surf at your feet and the God-given warm weather. Y'all don't realize that down here in Jacksonville, it is hot. I don't mean hot like they're in Minnesota or wherever where y'all think 70 degrees is hot. It's hot like 95 degrees all the time. And virus cannot live when it is that hot. And the gorgeous Jacksonville women speak for themselves and they're wearing close to nothing. We knew that we were gonna have to be out in the hot 
that's why we bought all that TP because see we are some big people here in Jacksonville because we know how to eat right so you got to take that TP and you got to put it down in them places where you get all sweaty just to kind of keep everything tight you know what I mean there's no place on the planet that compares to the ladies of Jacksonville and why it's their diet each meal carefully prepared and there's scientific reasoning behind that. Think about it, bacon, grits, black-eyed peas, boiled peanuts, what they all got in common? They got salt, salt fixes everything. So you come out here in that hot and you drink in your natural light and you in that salt water, you can't get the virus. Jacksonville, home of the Jaguars and this lady. Here in Jacksonville, we know what we're doing. We're gonna be just fine, so you don't need to worry about us. No shoes. No shirt and no problem. Blues, what blues? Hey, I forgot them. The sun and the sand and a drink in my hand with no bottom and no shoes, no shirt and no problem. Brought to you by Florida the state most likely to break off into the sea. So I do want to thank Cody and that listener who did that. That was awesome. I mean, the woman, you know. And I, you know what? Thinking back now, hearing that again, she wasn't kidding. Yeah, no. Every word she believed I, was coming out of her mouth, I, she believed. I do believe she believes that. Yeah. And you can see. And look at you being the RG, putting that together, not being able to sleep and up <laughs> up all morning acting crazy. I had no choice. I really didn't. It was, I, I had forgotten the video, but when Cody said what he said, and then I had the the idea, because I did, I used to write those things, and, and they, some of them were just awful. Yeah, they were. How would you like to stay out of this? <laughs> you didn't fucking hear them. I did. You're working at the bank. <laughs> the really bad ones I aired while you were at work. <laughs> <clears throat> but so there you go. <clears throat> well, it was good to hear you be in the RG. You did a good job on that. And my favorite line out of all that was that the toilet paper, paper keeps it tight. <laughs> toilet paper keeps it tight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's get to some business, and then we'll do some comments, and then do whatever. Um, what kind of comments? Well, I've already read comments. Sorry, I mean birthdays. Oh, okay. Um, okay, why do we drink coffee with dessert? Because it's delicious. Well, apparently, and I'm going to guess at this. I'll just read what it says. A new study found that coffee influences our sense of taste, making sweet foods taste even sweeter. See? Now, That's what I said. Okay. It's delicious. Well, no. It makes it delicious, sir. But, okay, fine, but that really doesn't explain anything <laughs> at, at all. I My take is that you take, say, a donut mm. and a hot cup of coffee. Mm. You take a bite of the donut, chew it, you sip coffee. Think about this. What about the hotness of the coffee removing the sugar from your tongue so that the next bite is as sweet as the first one? 
You see what I'm no, saying? When you say donut, my mind immediately goes to the glazed Krispy Kreme. I, I will take this opportunity to tell my Krispy Kreme story. This is back in 79. This is before Krispy Kreme went nationwide where you could buy a box of Krispy Kreme everywhere. This was when Krispy Kreme had stores. And to get them, you had to go into the Krispy Kreme donut store to buy them. Now, my buddy Carl, who... Did it have sawdust on the floor? You having a good time? I am. My buddy Carl, who frightened Linda to death when he drove her somewhere. Yeah. We would go to the club and hang out and drink. And so it's time to go home. So we would drive home. Now. Oh, this is when you lived in Knoxville. I'm telling a story. Okay. And yes. A sweet story, too. No. It's a donut story. You can't. You can't yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. It's a sweet story. You're pointing the finger at it. No, I, I I wouldn't. You did. So that's out there. Um, so we driving home and we'd pass by a Krispy Kreme store. It and they had on top of the Krispy Kreme sign, they had a light. And if the light were flashing, that meant they were cooking donuts. If they were actually coming off of the conveyor belt because they would put them on the belt and it would roll it through the oven and it would cook them and do whatever they did. So if the light's flashing, it was packed. So we would go in, fight for a seat at the bar, and we would order the donuts. They were hot off the conveyor belt, and if you picked them up with your index finger and your thumb, the donut would droop because it was so hot and you eat that and have a cup of coffee. It was that fucking great. And the Krispy Kremes that you get now in the grocery store are nowhere near what those were. I'm just saying. So my take is the coffee rakes away the sweet and the next bite is as sweet as the first one. Yes. Lots of sweet in that story. Is that a... All right. Okay. Uh, don't need to read this, uh, and, and I'll be shocked if anybody actually does it. Uh, but airlines are saying when the quarantine is over, they're going to block the middle seat on the oh. plane. Um, For distancing. And they're probably also going to raise the prices even higher now. It does say that. It says basically a 180-seater airplane would become a 120. So if you want that, you're going to wind up paying more, which I'm fine with. Is that really, but is that really going to help? I mean, you are in an airplane, yeah. an enclosed area, yes. breathing the same air. Agreed. Everybody's still coughing and sneezing. Right. That empty seat is not going to help, I don't think. Agreed. It'll be a long time before we travel again. Well, it'll be better. Because you could be, without somebody in the middle seat, you can have on your gloves and your mask and your thing, and you're probably going to be okay. Not having something right there would be helpful. Yeah. 
And I'll be surprised if everybody does it because it doesn't even say, it says some airlines. Yeah. Because trust me, when people are fighting for a ticket, they're going to open those middle seats up. Uh, according to data, oh, the most delivered food during this pandemic. People order takeout. I'm, which, I'm just going to say pizza. No. No? Mm-mm. Taco Bell. No, it's a specific food. And by the way, this data comes from Uber, who've been very busy oh, delivering food. Yeah. Um, hamburgers. No. Okay, I'm out. I'll give you, let's see. Okay, there's four. I can't believe pizza's not number one. It isn't. It's not even on the list. Oh, that's because most pizza companies have their own deliveries. This is Uber. So Uber will deliver from any restaurant yes, anywhere. Yes. Before I get to this, um, I did want to say, I know a lot of people are saying it, but it's true. Um, apparently, uh, the bailout money went to a lot of the chain restaurants. Some of them gave it back. Shake Shack did. Um, I think Ruth's Chris did. Yeah, they gave remember. the money back. Yeah. But your mom and pop... <clears throat> Your local eateries, your local businesses did not get. I think that has been rectified. Or they're trying to, at least. Yeah. They're still going to be fucked, though. Well, so when we're back, in fact, even now, if you do order takeout, try to to go to those mom and pop places, those local eateries. Uh, Mine and Linda's favorite spot to eat. It's been so long, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, But it's a local place. So... Uh, make sure that you, if you're going to order takeout, order from them. We haven't ordered any takeout. No. No, I'm too afraid to. But support those local spots. Yeah. They're really, 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 really struggling. Uh, okay, well, here we go. Number four. Okay. Garlic bread. Oh, all right. Ugh. Number three, chicken wings. Hmm. Number two, pad thai, Chinese delivery. Number one. That's Thai. Huh? That's Thai. That's what um, Amy loves. Thai food? Thai food. Number one. I think. Number one is clear. Tacos? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) I like your guess. I love tacos. I would think that it'd be uh, hamburgers or tacos. Well, uh, let me, okay. so, So, okay. All the things you're talking about, if you got that, Let's say you ordered any of those items on takeout. What would you order along with it? French fries? Yeah, number one. Oh. French fries. And boy, I got to tell you, I don't know about you, but I was horrified when they showed that video footage of the delivery guy sticking his hand in the bag and eating fries. Yeah, that's why they tape them now. To where you'll know if your food has been tampered with. <laughs> I was I was horrified. Oh my God. And of course they do. Of course they do. People have reported getting a box, a pizza, and there was a piece missing. Oh my God. Yeah. You've got to not give a shit. Yeah. To do that. Yeah. Be really hungry and not give a shit. All right. This I love. Because I said it earlier you fix one problem, you create another. That's like you trying to do something. I don't know about you guys, but I'm getting slapped around in here. I mean, I'm taking a fucking beating. 
Well, I mean, it's like you tighten the screws in the uh, in-house <laughs> vacuum, and then it fucked it up, and then you had to go back and untighten them. Yeah, that is what you that's like. You just created more work for yourself. Yeah, but don't you understand that my intentions were good? Don't you see that? I just feel like you should just stay away from that. What? You are not a handyman. You try to be. God love you. No, God love you. No. We're gonna, but you're not a handyman. We're going to agree to disagree. I do the things that I can do. Tightening the vacuum hose thing is not one of them. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know it would do that. But you know what? You learned about the central vac. I did. Yeah. I now know that you can't tighten the screws as tight as you'd like. Because I'm a guy. You like it tight? Well, when a guy has a screwdriver, we're going to tighten that screw until we hear wood. Crack? Yes. <laughs> That's what guys do. I didn't know that it would tighten it to the point that it would make noise all through the fucking house <laughs> to the point that you couldn't stay in the house. It was fucking loud. And my dumb ass, I had tightened it. I put the thing in. I turned the vacuum on. I hear the noise and I go, huh? What's that noise? What is that? Where could that be coming from? Luckily, Linda took it very well. Mm -hmm. All right, here we go. So we're locked down. In San Clemente, California, they had a problem at the skateboard park with the skateboarders okay. coming. Yes. And ignoring social distancing. Of course. So, to fix the problem, do you know what they did? They put 37 tons of sand all over the skateboard park so the skateboarders couldn't come. But then someone else came. The dirt bike riders <laughs> did. And now. <laughs> uh, you know, periodically, and, and look, there's nothing funny about what we're going through. But you do need a giggle every now and then. And people sometimes crack me up. Yeah. Linda showed me a picture. I don't do social media. She showed me a picture. It was a takeoff on the Chick-fil-A with the cow billboard, eat more chicken. And somebody beautifully had done the artwork, eat more bats. Eat less bats. Eat less bats. I laugh every fucking time I think of that. Not eat more bats, eat less bats. Okay, uh, I didn't realize this and this would fall under somebody I hadn't thought about in quite a while. But we lost one. Green Acres star Tom Lester passed away of complications from Parkinson's. I don't know who he is. All right, he was 81. He was a regular on Green Acres. I'll give you his character's name. Eb Dawson. Oh, he was the the ha guy that always aggravated him. Handyman. Mm. Got allergic smelling hay. I just adore a penthouse view. Darling, I love you, but give me Park Avenue. All right, so uh, you know, regardless of what you may think about porn, 
I, I do admire the porn industry because those fuckers are thinking. They are at all times. They're working. They're trying to figure out how they can make a buck, do something better. They approached Joe Buck, one of the best. He does play-by-play with Troy Aikman, the great Joy, uh, Joe Buck. Uh, the porn industry approached him and offered him $1 million if he would do play-by-play. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you, I, we would race to get that. How great would that be? Did we play the Sam Farmer, Jim Nance clip on on, on this? I don't think so. All it right. has nothing to do with porn, though. No, 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 no. <laughs> we don't know. Honestly, Sam Farmer got his start in porn. <laughs> uh, let's see, Sam. I bet we don't have it because I wish we did. I'll get it if we don't. You can get it for next week. Wait, let's see what this is. My buddy Sam. No, that's not it. Shit. All right, so uh, Sam, obviously, Hall of Fame broadcaster, um, writer with the LA Times. He knows everybody. He golfs with Jim Nance. Now, Jim Nance not only calls football with Tony Romo, he also calls golf and whatever else he can talk his way into. So they went golfing, and he did play-by-play while Sam was hitting. It is hysterical it is it's very cute i'll find it i'll get it so uh be sure and write your local joe buck guy to talk about he should take the million (laughs) and and do the thing and then there's this so it's really nothing more than a piece of paper with lyrics on it but it's considered a masterpiece Lay across my big bed. We're talking about the piece of paper where Bob Dylan wrote The Times They're a Changin'. It is up for auction and it's starting bid. Starting. You can't even bid unless you were ready to put up 2.2 million. Dang. Yeah. And they have a picture of it. Kind of interesting. Uh, but if you're a fan, then you better be rich. Yeah, you better. And this song that we're listening to, Lay Lady Lay, the lyrics are also up for bids. It starts at 650000 Stay, lady, stay. Stay with your man a while. Now, I, I bring this up, and then we'll get to birthdays. Uh, I'll just do this. Let me see what else we got. Oh, I want to do that. Okay. All right, here we go. Um, your opinion. Strip club. All right, so now strip clubs got no money in the bailout. Right. They got none. Um, one of them is fighting that. A strip club owner is fighting that because strip clubs, uh, for many, are essential and strip clubs serve not only liquor, but they serve food. So why would they not be classified for bailout money? I don't understand that because they are a business. Correct. I'll read the thing. The federal government is trying to figure out which businesses to bail out and which ones will have to fend for themselves. Strip clubs are out. This news drove Jason Mahoney, 
who owns two dozen clubs across the country to take his case to federal court where he is arguing that his strip club should be treated no differently than any other bar or restaurant. Because aside from the fact that there's pussy up there, they are serving liquor and they are serving food. And entertainment, exactly. He may win, so good luck with that. Yep. And I, I, I won't even, I'll just tell this, um, until this pandemic, until the lockdown, yeah. many people are reporting that they didn't know what their spouse did for a living. They knew that he or she went to work and they had meetings and they knew what business they worked in, but they didn't know what they did all day. And now the spouse is locked up at home and their wife or husband is hearing and seeing what they actually do each day for a living. And they're quite surprised. Why? At how hard they work. Oh, okay, good. All the crap they have to go through. So I get it. I know my husband works for a furniture store. I know my wife works at the whatever department store. I just didn't know what they do. Right. Now I do. That's pretty funny. You know what I do? What do you do? Sit around. Sit around. Drink coffee. Drink a lot of coffee. And aggravate me. I feel like though we've actually handled this pretty well. Oh, there's no question. Yeah. Uh, Linda and I have been uh, in conversation and, you know, we realize how lucky we do have it. For example, this morning I spoke with Andy Chanley on the phone and Andy and his wife are locked in uh, with two small children. Um, imagine uh, trying to come up with entertainment, food. Food, lunch. Oh, my God. Every day. It never stops. All day, every day, no break. Linda and I just have to deal with each other. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, we, we realize how fortunate we are. And we miss uh, the simple things like uh, our kids. Well, most of them. I miss my kids. I, we haven't seen them in four months now. We haven't seen them since December. Yeah. That's the hard part. And I don't know. The thing is, I don't know when I'm going to get to see them. Well, you know, the uh, the uh, FaceTime is pretty good. The FaceTime. Because you can get them up there. See, here's the thing with visiting, because you're there, and you're there for a long time. Because for me, you go in, hey, hey, how you doing? What's going on? Talk about 30 minutes, and I'm good. Let's leave. Let's go back to the hotel. But Linda doesn't want to go. Uh, FaceTime is perfect, because you don't have to, like, make an excuse. Oh, I got a, you know, a flat tire. <laughs> uh, you, you could just say hi on the on the thing, and then I gotta go, and then click the uh, X, and you're at, you're out, you're gone, no need to talk to him anymore. Perfect for me. Okay, I could go the rest of time like this. No, you couldn't. Don't you lie like that. No, but I threatened Amy. Uh, I I am sick of her calling. Uh, she calls too much. I don't want to talk to her. I have nothing to say. You call her. She doesn't call you, honey. You call her. I didn't mean to. I talk, Katie and I talk twice a day. Every day. Good Lord. Yeah. Well, we do a, a long one in the afternoon, and then um, we do one um, at night. A short one at night. How do you stand it, man? I mean, she's, she's there by herself. So, 
<sighs> I'm just, you know, trying to make sure she's uh, all right. <laughs> so Mark gave me this sheet of, uh, before we do birthday chickens, Mark gave me this sheet of, of uh, what is this? Oh, it's quotes from people from Jimmy Fallon show. Is this what this is? Because you've got it highlighted. I just thought it might be something you'd want to read. Um, Jimmy Fallon wants to know the funniest thing you've heard someone say during quarantine. Forget plucking my eyebrows. I'm now trimming them like bangs. <laughs> uh, Mommy put on her nice leggings. I guess she's going to the mailbox. <laughs> I like it. I liked it better when Netflix and chill didn't involve the whole family. <laughs> my house has turned into Las Vegas. We are losing money by the minute. Cocktails are acceptable at any hour and we don't know what time it is. <laughs> That's true. I asked, I actually asked Linda yesterday, is it Thursday? And I didn't know. I like that. Um, now I understand why pets try to run out of the house when the door opens. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, the last one, I can't believe that I questioned why liquor stores were deemed an essential service. All so good. Yep. Absolutely so good. So here we are. Uh, it appears as though, well, there's no need to get into it. We all know what the thing is. So you can go ahead to the chicken song. Mm -hmm. Some of these names are um, a little challenging for me today. <laughs> no surprise to any of us. All right, you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. On 4-23, Patty Bristow turned 54. Today, the 24th, Kathy Thunderberg is turning 64. Tom Rubido is turning 69. Ellen Klein is turning 63. 425 Rob is turning 53. Also on 425, Jack, 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 I'm sorry, Jake. Jake Pelham is turning 34. 426, Beth from Northwest Arkansas is turning 52. And on 428, Elizabeth Stafford is turning 59. Mm. Happy birthday, everybody. All right. So, uh, tomorrow, last week, we painted... Um, mountains. We, we, well, we first started out... Yeah, no, it was clouds and then mountains and mm -hmm. water. Mm -hmm. It looks great. Uh, it's coming along, and we're going to... Ju I just basically put it on the wall and let it dry. So, now I've got to re-wet the water because it oh, won't work. damn. Look at you talking all sexy to me before we leaving. <laughs> Wow. Uh, so we'll do that at 3 uh, tomorrow, Saturday, 3 p.m. Eastern time. On uh, Instagram. Uh, I've forgotten what season and what episode we were doing, so I've got to find that. Oh, it'd be easy to find, I'm sure. But we'll continue working on that, because what we did last week, turned out okay. It turned out great. It looks like mountains.
So for those of you that want to follow that or just follow Skeeter with whatever she's doing, where do on, they find you? On Instagram, you? it's at Lake Norman Linda. Nice. Everybody go. Have yourself a great day, a great weekend. We'll see you back in here next Friday because we're here. Oh, would it be May then? It will May 1st. Be. Happy yeah. May. Yeah. Bye, y'all.